One of my favorite all-time Tar Heels is joining the Carolina men's basketball staff, and it is a turning point for this program. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, April 28th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for being here with us today to wrap up this week. And what a thing we get to talk about today because Marcus Page is back. By the way, as we get into it, I want to welcome you everydayers here. So glad you're here. Three weeks from today, three weeks from today, this Friday, is going to be a mailbag episode. And so I want to let you all know that now so you can start getting your questions in through email, lockedontarheels at gmail.com, through Twitter, Instagram, whatever may be the easiest. Start sending them in now because we're going to have one of those. Coming up on the show today, I want to look back and reminisce a little bit about Marcus Page, my five favorite Marcus Page moments in Carolina history. Got some McKenzie and Baco news and update for you. NFL draft news, a weekend run around the Tar Heels. But first, let's talk a little bit more about Marcus Page coming to the staff and what he's going to bring. So if you hadn't heard the news, it came out on Wednesday around dinner time that Marcus Page is coming back to take the position vacated by Jackie Manual, that director of team and player development role. And this comes, by the way, per Adam Smith of Inside Carolina. Um, and I said it off the cold open, but let me say it again right now. I believe this will be a big turning point for Carolina because of everything, the person that Marcus Page is and what he brings. Now, I know there are limitations to this role. I know there's only so much interaction he can have and, and things during games and stuff like that. But ultimately it is a good thing, a great thing for this program for Marcus page to have his fingerprints back on the identity of the UNC basketball team. And I'd like to give you several reasons why to start today's show. In fact, I've got eight of them for you. Yeah. Eight pretty wild. Number one, the dude is just a good human being. And I I think I said human being. <laughs> That's funny. Marcus Page, the living human being. No, he is just a great human being. He's just somebody you want to be around, somebody that makes everyone around him better because he's such a good person. And so I know that might sound generic or like, whatever to start with, but, but I, I legitimately want to start with that because I believe that when you're around good people, it influences you to be good people. And that is Marcus page. Number two, the reason I think it's good for Marcus page to have his fingerprints back on the program is because of the backcourt development. As of things stands right now, there are six scholarship guards on the roster. And to have somebody that played at Carolina for four years, to have somebody that just uh, has, has done everything you want a player to do, both on and off the court, to have that man 
investing, and yes, he is a man, weird to say, huh? Uh, investing in the current backcourt players is such an important thing for Carolina. Number three, Marcus Page has a nose for winning. Yes, there have been moments or there were moments in his Carolina career when he missed potential game-tying or game-winning shots. He didn't always get it right, and honestly, no one does, right? Like, if you're taking shots, you're not always going to hit them. But there are plenty of examples as well of him hitting shots, of him making game-winning plays or game-altering plays. Um, And obviously, he's not going to be the one out on the court doing it, But there's something about somebody that has a nose for winning, being able to infuse others with that same mentality. Um, Again, he can't be the one out there on the court doing it. The the players have to do it. But he's somebody that's literally been there, done that, what they're trying to do, and will be able to pass along that wisdom. Number four, and this, this is another personality thing. Marcus Page is at his core a team-first, name-on-the-front-of-the-jersey type player and person. He's not somebody that's all about Paige on the back of the jersey. Um, Let me provide you a story to illustrate this. In Thanksgiving week of 2015, so this was Marcus's senior season, the 2015-16 season, Carolina played an MTE, a multi-team event, in Kansas City, which is just about two hours north of where I live there up at the Sprint Center, um, like the Hall of Fame tip-off classic. And so I went up to see it. Uh, It was Monday and Tuesday night of Thanksgiving week that year. Monday night, Carolina beat Northwestern 80-69. to And then in the championship game the next night on Tuesday, Carolina struggled with K-State. They were down eight points with three-ish minutes to go and came back to win 80 to 70. What you might not remember or what you might remember is that that obviously that's early in the season being Thanksgiving week. Marcus Page had missed every game to that point, including both of these with a broken hand. In fact, it was the very next game against Maryland where he made his season debut in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Carolina won that game 89 to 81 behind Marcus Page's 20, not, uh, not 20, excuse me, 20 points. That's the way to come back from injury. But here's why I tell you this story. With Marcus not playing, although he was right there on the cusp of playing. In fact, Roy Williams said, if this had been an NCAA tournament game, then Marcus Page would have been in. But there's no point at at that moment in rushing him back. And so the crowd, I, I was sitting just a few rows behind the Carolina bench for this game. And the crowd started to chant, we want Marcus, we want Marcus. Um, because this was during the points of the game where Carolina wasn't playing well. They just didn't look like themselves. And, I mean, you, you've you got some veterans on this team, Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks and uh, young Joel Berry and, and all sorts of other guys, Justin Jackson as a sophomore. But Marcus, ever the team player, did like petrified him to, for for the Carolina crowd to make this about him. So I vividly remember him standing up and hushing the crowd. He wouldn't let them make it about him because he wanted it to be about his teammates and what they were trying to accomplish without him on the court. And ultimately for me, what Carolina was able to do in in winning those games, um, amongst others, they did lose 
um, early in that season. I believe it was Northern Iowa when they were, Carolina was ranked number one and lost that game with obviously without Marcus. Um, but I believe that winning games like that, those two games in Kansas City, set up the ability to propel Carolina to be what it eventually turned into that season and the following season as they won the national championship in part because the team was allowed to gel without Marcus page and Marcus page is there the all the while cheering his teammates on and not making it about him. Marcus page is a team first guy. And I love that number five, the um, reason that I think Marcus page uh, his fingerprints and identity will be very important in coming back to Carolina. Number five, do you have any idea who has made more three career, th- more career three pointers than any Tar Heel in history? I'll give you one guess. Cause it's the guy we're talking about. Marcus Taylor page. There are only seven Tar Heels ever who have made 200 or more career three pointers. There was already one on Carolina's staff. Mr. Jeff Lebo had 211, but now the number one three-point shooter in Carolina history, at least in terms of three-pointers made, is part of the staff as well. Marcus Page and his 299 made threes. There's never been a Tar Heel made 300. Marcus is one shy of it. By the way, anybody want to take a guess at the full top seven, these seven players who have made 200 or more threes? I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to tell you from Marcus back all the way down to Jeff Lebo. Three, two, one. Or you might have paused it. That would be smart, too. Here you go. Number one on the all-time Carolina three-pointers list, Marcus Page, 299. Two, Joel Berry, 266. So that backcourt playing together, the two most prolific three-point shooters in Carolina history. Wild. Third, Shaman Williams, 233. Yeah. Back from the late 90s. Crazy stuff. And interesting that the top three is 233, 266, and 299. Pretty cool. Fourth on the list, Wayne Ellington, 229. Tied for fifth, Rashad McCants and Donald Williams at 221. And then seventh, Jeff Lebo at 211. By the way, number eight is a player that did not make 200s, but he is another coach on this staff, and he goes by the name of Hubert Davis, who made 197 threes. So three of Carolina's top eight prolific three-point shooters in team history are on this coaching staff. Wild stuff there. I bring all that up to say, where is one of the single biggest areas that Carolina needs to go? Th- grow. Three-point shooting. And obviously, um, Hubert Davis and Jeff Lebo have been there, but now with Marcus there as well, able to help with that, like that, that's not nothing. Okay. Number six, why I love Marcus page being back at Carolina. It's not just about the offense for him, despite ever all his offensive fireworks and accolades and everything he's done. This dude was named UNC's defensive player of the year. All four years. He was a Tar Heel, not Bryce Johnson. Not anybody else. Marcus Page. That's never been done before. He is the only Tar Heel to ever win that uh, career award for all four years of his career. And that was another rough area last year for the Tar Heels. Hopefully he can help change some of that. Final two things. I love his maturity, Marcus Page's, even as a college student. You know how at the beginning of every practice, uh, dating back to Coach Smith, there's a thought of the day that... Um, everyone has to know and be aware of Marcus page 
was writing that down so that he could remember them. He knew that that would be an important and good thing for him to do. And so he did it. What college kid does that? Marcus Page. And then finally, the eighth reason that I think it's really important that Marcus Page is on the Tar Heel staff is this. Remember the first one was Marcus Page is just a good dude. Let's bookend it with this. Yes, Marcus Page will help develop these basketball players. But like Jackie Manuel before him, he will also, and perhaps more, not perhaps more importantly, definitely more importantly, will develop them as young men. Because at the end of the day, what's more important? Putting an orange ball in a, in a round hoop or growing into the men that we're, that they are being called to be, you know, or if it was young women, growing into the young women they were called to be. Yes, you and I are here because these dudes put a, a ball in a, in a round hole, right? I get that. But part of the Carolina tradition, dating all the way back to Dean Smith and others, is to grow not just basketball players, but young men who are maturing into whomever it is they're called to be in life. That's what Marcus Page is going to help them do, and that's why I'm glad he's back. But beyond what he'll bring to the team, Marcus coming back has made me spend these last couple of days reminiscing in a big, massive way. And so I, I sat down and thought through, what are my fave five favorite Marcus Page moments in his Carolina career? I want to share those with you, and I want to hear yours as well. And we'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, well, I've got just the thing for you. These Built Bars and Built Puffs, which are healthy and taste amazing. Well, what makes them so good? Well, for one thing, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Next, they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie. Are you kidding me with that? Beyond that, I, I, I don't know how Built does it but they maintain these great tasting bars while also having wonderful macro levels. What's uh, the, It's coming in at 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box of these great bars or puffs like you used to from Built.com. Now you can just run to Sam's Club or Walmart, get you a little normal-sized box at Walmart or a Big Daddy at Sam's Club, treat yourself, your family, whom. Ever, but I promise you, you won't be disappointed in Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Okay, my five favorite Marcus Page moments in his Carolina career. And once again, I'd love to hear yours. And I'd love to hear when I get to the end of my list, if you would share with me, what do you think I left off that are your favorite things? Well, number five, I'm going to go five to my favorite. This one's actually not about a game thing he did. Saturday, March 5th, 2016, Senior Night at the Dean Dome and Marcus Page's senior speech. The majority of his speech, he spent directly addressing Coach Williams, who, by the way, was just over there trying desperately to hold it together on the bench and failing miserably, poor guy, because, goodness, Marcus's speech was just... I mean, it wasn't all that crazily long, but... Uh, Man, what he said. Here's, here's two quotes from it. Quote, you always believed in me. 
You always told me, I believe in you, son. That allowed me to be a confident person myself and help me grow as a person. And then secondly, and this is kind of what he wrapped up with. I've tried to be every bit the player you wanted me to be. But you've made me a better man, and that's the most important thing. Remember what I just talked about, about Marcus Page developing these dudes as basketball players, but more importantly, as young men? He's doing that for them because Roy Williams did it for him. If that ain't special, if that ain't the Carolina way, I don't know what is. Number four on my list of favorite Marcus Page moments happened on Tuesday, February 24th, 2015. And this one, unfortunately, came in a losing effort at home to state, 58 to 46. But I bring it up because it was maybe the wildest assist I ever saw from Marcus Page. He, I mean, obviously had lots of crazy plays. I remember one time he's flying out of bounds on the sideline to save a ball, threw it back in bounds. I can't remember who it went to, but that player then pitched ahead to JP Tokoto for a dunk. And uh, man, wild stuff there. But here, here's the play I have in mind from this loss to NC State. Justin Jackson gets a steal, begins the fast break. As he's doing so, NC State kind of taps the ball away from him. And Marcus Page is already out in transition with Jax as well. He sees it up ahead of him and basically dives for the ball just past half court. And it looks like maybe one of those where he's going to try to dive and corral it. No, Marcus sees that Jax is still a little bit of the ahead of the crowd off to his right. And so instead of actually corralling the ball, he somehow manages to get his left hand out and kind of cup scoop tip it ahead to Justin Jackson for the bucket in transition. I mean, it was insane. And it's all about him being a team first guy, willing to to keep his head up, see what's happening as he's running the break, tap ahead to Justin, two points. Obviously, again, losing effort, but it is what it is. Number three on my list of five favorite Marcus Page Moments happened on Saturday, January 10th, 2015. This was a game against Louisville in the Cardinals' first year in the ACC. It's going to be a familiar refrain for Marcus Page, but he had a layup on the left side of the basket for what eventually became a game winner. Carolina was trailing 71 to 70 with under 30 seconds to go. It's number 18 Carolina against hosting number five Louisville in the Smith Center. With 8.5 seconds left, Marcus gets this little scoop off the left side of the glass, high off the glass, and it just falls through beautifully Carolina goes ahead 72 71 and it's ultimately a game not just the go ahead but it becomes the game winner because Louisville is unable to connect on the other end by the way keep in mind Marcus Page had rolled his right ankle earlier in this game and was dealing with that plantar fasciitis that was such a bugaboo for him but Carolina they were down 13 in the second half of this game came all the way stormed all the way back and ultimately won on Marcus Page's layup Let's move to number two on the list of my favorite Marcus, five favorite Marcus Page moments. Wednesday, February 26, 2014, a layup on the left side of the lane for a game winner. Sound familiar? Yeah, absolutely. The good thing, though, is that this one was at NC State. So we had that sad NC State loss earlier on the list, but now we get a reprieve. So thank you, Marcus Page for doing that. Thank you, Isaac, for putting it in that order. You're welcome, by the way. So Carolina is down 84-83 in overtime, again, at 
NC State. Marcus Page drives and gets this layup with TJ Warren coming at him. So Marcus kind of has to hang in the air, extend his left arm, wait for Warren to kind of pass by enough that he can get this up on the glass over and above TJ Warren. And the basket goes in. There's like nine tenths of a second left. Carolina survives NC State's last ditch heave and game over. But listen to Marcus's stat line, 35 points in 41 minutes, 11 of 21 from the field, 7 of 12 from 3, 6 of 8 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, just 1 turnover, and 2 steals. Again, in 41 minutes played on the road. I will forever remember the second half of this game. You probably do too, because Marcus and TJ Warren from NC State are just basically trading off making basket after basket after. I mean, it was one of the most memorable uh, performances by two opposing players. I, I remember. Um, and so it's a, it's a career high 35 points for Marcus TJ Warren finishes with 36. Um, and so just great, great stuff. Um, and in fact, this was one of Marcus's career th- had three career games of 30 or more points and the layup the game winner itself was incredible but perhaps the wildest thing of this whole game to me is this was that season where Marcus just turned into second half Marcus 35 points in this game he had four points at halftime just four stinking points and then scored 31 in the second half and overtime wow And we come to the number one Marcus Page moment on my list, Monday, April 4th, 2016. A very sad day overall. But y'all, that three-pointer that Marcus Page hit to tie this game, I've consistently said it is one of the most wild, incredible shots in NCAA, not just tournament history, but in all NCAA history unfortunately lost to time into history because of what happened after. Now it's not lost to Carolina people, right? We're always going to remember this as well as some of his other crazy shots to help like that baseline three to help get it as close as it was. And, and if I don't know how that NC state layup went in, I'll never figure out this one, the double clutch, the hang time, the pressure of this moment. And yet he did it. And, and there were all these things that almost happened to stop it. Um, Joel Berry was out kind of on top and Marcus was pushed back beyond the three-point line pretty far. Um, Joel Berry gets a pass to him. Daniel Ochef, Ochefu, excuse me, from Villanova almost intercepts that pass. And then as Marcus gets it, Mikhail Bridges goes running at him. Yes, that Mikhail Bridges, uh, as does Ryan Archidiakono. Bridges almost gets there. Archie Diacono does get there, and that's what causes the double pump, the kind of legs splayed, and then Marcus is able to control his body, still get up a good-looking shot, and of course, we all know it went in, and the game ended in a tie. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Four point whatever seconds left on the clock, and they said, you know what? Congrats, Villanova and North Carolina. This game is over. You both win. (laughs) That's how that happened, right? We all remember that. Anyway, once again, I want your favorite moments. Let me know what did I miss on my list that you have on yours. 
Well, as you well know, we are in search of a plan for Carolina's final two scholarships for this year. How or will Coach Hubert Davis use them? As part of that conversation, we've been hoping and looking at Mackenzie Mbako, the Duke decommit, who might come in and be a nice four power forward for Carolina. Got an update about that for you, amongst other things, in just a second. All right. On Thursday, Adam Zagoria, a great college basketball writer, gave us a McKenzie Mbako update. And unfortunately, it is a sad update for Carolina because he said that McKenzie Mbako, he learned from some sources, is going to visit four schools. St. John's, Louisville. I'm not Louisville. St. John's, well, yes, Louisville. But when I said Louisville, I was thinking Rick Pitino. That's kind of funny. So St. John's and Rick Pitino, Kansas, Indiana, and Louisville, who was on that early list uh, that we heard about, like Louisville, Carolina, or the pro route. And so, um, man, if Louisville could land him, they've been loading up on talent after that rough year last year. Now, this does not mean 100% fully that Carolina is out. But it is not a good sign, right? We can all agree on that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I mean, all of these are, are very intriguing places to land. And um, so we'll keep our eyes on it because you don't know until it's over. But for me, Carolina won't get Mbako. And so that kind of changes the calculus. Maybe, you know, we talked earlier in the week about Jaron Stevenson. I would go a little harder after him as a possibility to reclass now and continue to look at the transfer transfer portal. NFL draft news. Night one is in the books. Obviously, if you're watching or listening, watching or listening to this earlier on Friday, the f- second and third rounds of the draft haven't happened yet. And um, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Unfortunately, Josh Downs was not drafted on Thursday night. There was a run on wide receivers four in a row at one point in the back half. First time that's ever happened. Um, but we do wait to see what happens on Friday night. From the, the majority of, of mock drafts and big boards that I had seen, a lot of people had Josh Downs as like the fifth or sixth receiver on their list. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him go at some point in the first half of the second round tonight, Friday night. But also, like I, I re-looked at ESPN's list, and they have him as the sixth best wide receiver still available. So that would have been 10th wide receiver overall. And if that's the case, he, I mean, I would think maybe he would still go in the third round somewhere on Friday night. But um, if, if he is that far down, we'll have to wait and see, by the way, on that same list on ESPN's list, Antoine green is currently the 11th best wide receiver. And so hopeful to see him go. I wouldn't expect that till Saturday though. So we'll, we'll watch for Josh Downs to be the first Tar Heel off the board. Hopefully tonight, Friday, would love to see that for him would be a great, great thing. Let me give you a quick whip around of Carolina athletics happening this weekend. Not quite as much going on right now. We're waiting on women's tennis to start back up. The regionals will be next weekend. Same with men's tennis. Uh, We do have Baseball and softball going on last weekend. Remember, the baseball team got swept by Boston College, unfortunately. Midweek beat UNC Wilmington 18-2, and they're at Virginia Tech this weekend. Today, Friday, 1 on ACC Network Extra. Tomorrow, Saturday, 7 on ACC Network. And then back at it Sunday for the series finale, 1 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. Softball. 
The ladies swept NC State last weekend, take that Wolfpack. Then they lost to Charlotte midweek this week. That's less desirable. And then they are in Atlanta at Georgia Tech this weekend, Friday at 6 on ACC Network Extra, tomorrow, Saturday noon on ACC Network, and then Sunday to wrap the series, 1 o'clock on the ACC Network. Women's lacrosse. Probably the biggest thing going on this weekend in Carolina athletics because it's the ACC tournament for women's lacrosse. They beat number 17 Clemson on Wednesday, 16 to 6 in the quarterfinals. And they will play today number two Syracuse in the semis at 330 on ACC Network. So big time, big time opportunity for Carolina there to pick up a win over the second ranked team in the country and move into the ACC championship. Men's lacrosse is off this weekend and that's about it. Men's golf tied for sixth in the ACC championship last weekend, but their next step is a little while away as well. So friends, that's it for today's episode and this week of Locked on Tar Heels. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind you again, as we said at the top of the show, coming up three weeks from today, we're going to have a mailbag episode. So go ahead and start sending those in. You can do so on Twitter at Locked on Heels or at Isaac Shade. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Heck, you can even go and leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and I will find it there. Also, don't forget to subscribe and smash the like button and comment on the show. I want to know why you're excited to have Marcus Page back. I want to remind you, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, especially with Marcus Page. I'm just so giddy and happy about it. I hope you are as well. We'll talk to you again on Monday with hopefully some great NFL draft news. And I uh, can't wait to see what happens for all these guys. But until then, peace. Peace.